I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times weekly probe into the foreign exchange market. A week in which the phrases currency wars and political risk are in the minds of traders. Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe is having a game of golf with President Trump this weekend. But will it be shouts of four being drowned out by shouts of Forex manipulator from the American president? I'm sorry about that terrible joke. The American president who thinks Japan is deliberately engineering a weak yen to the competitive disadvantage of American companies. And is it time to start worrying about European elections and their impact on the euro? With me to chat about these things is Jeremy Cook, the chief economist at the international payments company World First. Jeremy, let's start with the yen. The yen is weak, isn't it? It is. And certainly the weakness that we've seen since the election has been quite pronounced. But in the grand scheme of things, certainly since the inauguration, we've seen dollar yen come lower from about 120 down to 112. So the weakness is starting to be stymied, certainly. And Why do you think that is? I think there's, I mean, it's an element of dollar weakness, a little bit of the buy the election, sell the inauguration trade, which was very, very popular. We've also seen some fairly good data out of the Japanese yeah. economy over the course of the past couple of weeks or so. So it's an unwinding of what was quite an overbought position. But is Trump generally right that over the years, Japan has been seeking a weaker yen and has been getting its way. Yes, but then again, they are not the only <laughs> currency manipulator out there at the moment. And to say that they are would be wrong. We know that on the campaign trail, it's explicitly targeted China as a, a currency manipulator, famously saying that he would label them a currency manipulator in his first day in office and has yet to do so. So to pick on Japan for what is a quite common trait by central banks at the moment would be slightly unfair. Same is true about Germany and the euro, obviously. Absolutely. And, you know, the slight weakness that we saw in the euro as a result of those comments were laughed off pretty quickly, but it does show that the populist politics and the populist interpretation of what has become quite a normal movement of central bank policy over the course of the past, well, God knows how many years, is starting to show that markets will have to pay more attention to the pronouncements of Donald Trump about economics. You talk about central bank policies, and obviously QE was was invented by the Americans, was not it? So. It was. And you know, my adage about uh, currency wars is that everyone weakens, then everyone weakens again, and then they continue to weaken. And the US always wins as a result of its reserve currency status. So, I mean, the genesis of this is a little bit closer to home than Tokyo. So Trump is trying to talk down the dollar. Is he likely to succeed? There's, first of all, the whole question about debate about a stronger or weak dollar and the contrasting or contradictory nature of Trump policies about this. So what's likely to come out of it? I think that Donald Trump's going to start to or have to start to realise that he is no longer a CEO and he is a president. And CEOs (laughs) get what they want and presidents don't normally get what they want and to balance up his economic stimulus plans the kind of things that he talked about about the economy during his campaign with a weaker US dollar would only 
do one thing, and that would create fairly rampant inflation within the U.S. economy, which the Fed is already starting to hint is coming through, and therefore will need need control via higher interest rates. So, I don't think he's going to be able to balance that out. Either he keeps his campaign promises and the dollar continues to weaken, or he sits there and says the dollar has to be stronger. But extracting some kind of concession from each country he wants to do a bilateral trade deal is the best he can achieve. Well, I think it will be in the very very short term. But you know, as we're increasingly hearing here in Brexit Britain, trade deals take a long time to be negotiated. Mm-hmm. And therefore, a country, for example, China, will not allow FX policy to be the first thing on the docket. There will be many, many things that have to be negotiated before the big prime prize of some control over, over dollar yuan will be put on the table. Yes. So uh, near-term wins, which Donald Trump has tried to do since coming into the Oval Office about the wall and the flight ban and the repealing of Obamacare. I don't think he would get it on the currency side of things. Okay. Let's talk about European politics. So Brexit 2016, Trump 2016. Le Pen 2017? No. And I think the risk of the French elections are overpriced at the moment. And I think that she goes the way of her dad back in 2002, where... Gets into the second round and then everyone rallies behind the other candidate and says, we can't have a Le Pen leading France. The movements that we've started to see in you know, the French-German spread and certainly the mm. euro in the short term, we think are, are overdone. And actually, we think the summer could be quite a positive yeah. time for the European single currency. So, so, so just coming up, there was a knee-jerk reaction this week, you think? Yeah, knee-jerk reaction this yeah. week. And we joked in the office saying that if the market's getting worried about the French elections, then it's really going to blow their mind that there's a Dutch election in, in, ah, in well, what do you think time. about the Dutch thing? Well, we think the risk of the while the risk of the French election is overpriced, the risk of the Dutch election is overpriced. Sorry, underpriced, it's underpriced, underpriced right, at the right, moment. Right. That although there's a lot of fear around Hurt Wilders, the leader of the PVV party, a far right party which is anti EU, anti the euro, anti anti immigration, the fragmented nature of Dutch politics means that they're unlikely to win a majority. But that any coalition building that takes place, therefore, in Holland afterwards, be very very difficult without that party. So a centre-right coalition would have to involve two parties which are also quite anti-immigration, quite anti-EU. A centre-left coalition, they simply don't have the numbers for. Okay, but the relevance of Holland on itself, it's not that on its own that's important. It's the sentiment it spreads across Europe. It's the sentiment that it spreads across the EU at a very, very difficult time for the European Union at the moment. Certainly if we have let's say, a centre-right coalition, minority government in Holland, that we are getting into a European Union situation where we're starting the Brexit negotiations. And as much as the UK will find it difficult to negotiate with 27 member states, the European Union may find it difficult if one of their 27 member states is certainly slightly, has a government which is slightly more anti-EU than it was six months beforehand. But I apologies, I interrupted your medium-term thoughts, which was about the euro and what you think is going to be happening later on in the year with it. Later on in the year, so we forecast weakness into the Dutch elections, which are March the 15th, and then a rally back for the single currency over the course of the second half of the year following the French elections and the German elections to actually pass without a relative hitch. So euro sterling, for example, forecasting it down to 83 over the course of the Dutch elections, and then back up to maybe 90 by the end of the year. Euro dollar, a parity trade around there by the end of Q1. And then quite easily, obviously, depending on Donald Trump, and there's a lot of dependency on Donald Trump and the impact of his stimulus, but euro dollar at 110 is by no means out of the uh, out of the realms of possibility on a knee-jerk positive reaction post-Marine Le Pen losing in the second round. Yes. And uh, just finally, Jeremy, I mean, the yeah, we talk about political risk and we talk about currency wars, but 
data. It just feels like, you know, the dependable thing for investors is keep a hold of the data. That's the thing that's been on the background for a while, but might come back again. I mean, the driver of of currencies will always be monetary policy. It's always interest rates, regardless of the political situation out there at the moment. And the divergence trade between a Federal Reserve, which is looking at an unemployment market, which has somewhat close to full employment, wages that are continuing to be created around 2.5%, which is a, a decent amount of wage creation, inflation starting to run higher. That divergence trade between US, UK, US, Europe, US, Japan Mm. continues to bolster the trend and the belief in the trend of a higher US dollar. So if an investor wants to sit there and park the political fears for now, we think there's going to be broad volatility in the trend, but the trend will continue to remain. Is there such a thing as political risk fatigue coming down the line? I think traders are starting to feel feel that at the moment. The first four or five weeks of this year have been a real a chop fest. I mean, people have been chopped up, <laughs> kicking and screaming right, right, left and centre. And I think um, this slight pause that we've seen in the past 10 days or so is the market taking the foot off the accelerator saying we can't put up with this for the entire year. Right. The grey hairs are starting to multiply, I can see already. My thanks to Jeremy Cook of World First. Join us again next week for Hard Currency and the next instalment of Political Risk, Currency Wars and everything else in the Forex market. In the meantime, it's goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.